Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Tech Talk, a podcast where Amit and I talk about various technology-related topics. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a very familiar topic to most of you, if not all of you, is um, Wi-Fi. I'm sure everyone is familiar with Wi-Fi in the recent uh, sort of uh, um, popularity in of internet and how we get internet to our computer, mobile phones, and any other appliances. So um, it, it's very uh, sort of a known topic, but there are various technical uh, sort of uh, aspects of Wi-Fi, which I thought you guys would be very interested to know about, or, you know, for also for uh, privacy and security, it's also good for you to know about how all the data is being transferred to your endpoint or to your device. And Wi-Fi router, or router, in, as pronounced in some countries, uh, is actually a very important point where all the data is being passed through and from. So um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Wi-Fi. What's your uh, what's your thought on this, Amit? So uh, thanks uh, so much, Renat, again for that introduction. Wi-Fi, I feel, is a very important topic to understand because there are so many nitty-gritties that sometimes people miss. Um, and it's good to understand a technology that we use every day uh, simply because there are so many devices available and uh, the Wi-Fi technology has changed so much and it's good to understand like how these technologies are working and what are the different standards and when you buy actually a device what it actually means how do you check what are the standards it supports what are the frequencies it supports so yeah so it's important to understand all that because i think wi-fi as a technology it's so easy that everyone just knows that okay if there is wi-fi let's start using it but behind the scene there are so many underlying standards that powers it just like usb so like usb 1.0 2.0 3.0 now usb 4 similarly with wi-fi you have 1 2 3 4 and now wi-fi 6 and then we have other wi-fi versions already coming so we just it's good to understand like what are the technologies standards etc yeah, and one of the things that, that really intrigues me about Wi-Fi is there is always, I mean, we're always talking about not enough speed, not enough data, and even not just on on internet access, but even when whenever we're copying files or you know data from one computer to the other or any making any kind of connection, the data speed, data transfer speed is always a bottleneck. We're always frustrated with the speed, but this is actually one of those areas, Wi-Fi. I mean, you sometimes you don't have enough speed on the internet by the ISP or by the provider or whatever. But the Wi-Fi speed is very rarely complained about. And I think that says a lot. I mean, you know, there are many bottlenecks, but Wi-Fi, I don't think, is one of them. Yeah, I mean, if you are really far away, uh, they, you know why the speed is slow. Of course, there are slow speed Wi-Fis and, you know, you but you it's it's very obvious why that that is and you can easily sort of overcome it by relocating to or adding another router to your home network so um the actual technology and the speed it can provide is something actually quite uh, quite fascinating without any wires even you know many megabytes per second megabits per second 
uh, is actually quite amazing if you think about it. Yeah, so I think uh, we we need to understand like how it actually works because there are other wireless technologies like and data transfer technology like Bluetooth, NFC, even your four G or five G network that you currently use. That's all wireless actually. So you you don't connect uh, the phone to a wire to get the network. You are receiving it through a radio antenna on your phone at a particular frequency. So uh, wireless uh, Wi-Fi works in a similar way. I think um, we need to understand uh, how it actually works. So every internet connection, say you go with ISP. ISP is an internet service provider. So in UK, one of the big service providers is uh, British Telecom, BT. So suppose you take an internet connection from the ISP BT, uh, they would connect a physical wire uh, to your house and that physical wire is connected then to your router. Now router routes the traffic to from the devices that are connected to it to the internet. That's why router, it routes the traffic. So the, the cable, the internet cable is connected to a router and you can then connect via a cable your devices. So you can connect your laptop to the router with a cable. Uh, you can connect the, uh, what do you say, the uh, desktop. You can connect your uh, TV with a cable to the router and they'll all work because they have now access to the internet. So this was how it used to happen in the olden days. But then we had Wi-Fi, wireless fidelity. WIFI. It came in 1999. The first standards came in 1999. So with that, what could what now happened is that instead of connecting the laptop to the router with a physical cable, you can now disconnect the cable and the router is transmitting a signal at a particular frequency which can be received by your laptop if it has a receiver which is nothing but a Wi-Fi adapter. So someone is trans something is transmitting a signal and something is receiving the signal. The router is transmitting the signal at a particular frequency wirelessly. The laptop is receiving that signal through a Wi-Fi adapter wirelessly. Once that happens, once that connection is made and you make that connection to a particular router, Every router will have a different ID, which we call the SSID. So you connect to the router, say you have a router in your home, but if you want to connect a router to your neighbor's home, you would need a password or an ID. So these are the main things. And then once you connect your laptop to the wireless router through a password, a simple password, and then the technology have evolved that the passwords are now encrypted, so you cannot easily hack it. But uh, once you're connected with a password, authenticated, now you can talk to the internet wirelessly. But you're not talking to the internet, you're talking to the router. So your computer always connects to the router wirelessly and the router then takes the signal, whatever request you want to send to your ISP provider to say Google and then sends you back the response it, it's ISP sends it back to the router, router sends it wirelessly to your device and then you see it on your browser. So that's how it all works at a very high level. 
Yeah, but I'm, I'm actually very uh, intrigued to, to know the elaboration of Wi-Fi, as you just mentioned. Is it wireless fidelity, is it? Yes, or, uh... wireless fidelity. Oh, right. Nice. I mean, all these years, and I never knew. I mean, I, I'm always... Uh, looking out for you know all of these various terms and where what, what the or, what's the origin of it or what's the elaboration, but this Wi-Fi thing I never actually uh, knew where it came from. But uh, yeah, it's very interesting to know wireless fidelity or uh, short for uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah, nice. so so I think uh, this technology when it came, it uh, it was uh, not very fast. It had uh, maybe a range. You could connect few devices and uh, it was just very early technologies and remember just like usb there is a governing body the wi-fi alliance that uh, makes sure that the devices are correctly certified but the standard itself is actually governed by a different body called the ieee the institution of electronic and electrical engineers ieee or yes. electrical and electronic engineers so the ieee has come up with a standard and they have come up with various standards throughout their lifetime and the wi-fi the wireless technology the wireless data transfer technology the standard number is 802.11 yes i've seen that number in many exactly places. so most any wi-fi device you buy say a smartphone which is a wi-fi device as well it can receive the wi-fi signal or a tablet a, a tablet from iphone or a, sorry ios or an android tablet it has a wi-fi adapter and it receives those signals but when you buy the tablet it tells you what technologies it supports normally if it is the latest technology it will be compatible with the previous technology but if it has previous technology and it's not certified for the latest one then you can't use the latest speeds and the data transfer etc so how it works so the standard is 802.11 and the standards have amendments so it's 802.11 802.11a, 802.11b, 11g, 11n, 11ac, 11ax, 11ah, 11ad. I think we get the idea. <laughs> you get the idea, right? So there are so many standards, but mm -hmm. because it's in so many different um, alphabets, the Wi-Fi Alliance thought, okay, let's simplify it. So right. Wi-Fi AX, which is the latest standard, is just simply called Wi-Fi 6. Simple right. So you don't have mm -hmm. to remember 802.11AX. Just say Wi-Fi 6. Mm -hmm. So if your router supports Wi-Fi 6 and your device can talk and receive signals uh, on the Wi-Fi 6 uh, frequencies, then you have the best speeds. Right. Okay. So it, it's interesting you, you mentioned frequencies, right? Because I was, you know, in in you know my young days, I was you know tinkering about with various Wi-Fi. You know, I was sort of logging into the router and then seeing the settings. And I I remember seeing that there were there are different frequencies. There is about twelve or thirteen frequencies. No, no, there no. There's two frequencies for the Wi-Fi. No, no, no. The the two point four and five gigahertz. That's yes. there. But there is something else, which there is about, you know, like 12 or 13 options where, which you can choose from. And, um, you know, I think that's the channels. That's the channel. Yeah, channels. Those are channels. Yes. So I want to know about channels. And I also want, want to know about these uh, 2.4 and 5 gigahertz, because right now 
I'm trying to install various, um, uh, you know, Internet of Things, you know, smart products in my smart uh, devices in my home. And most of them doesn't work for five gigahertz. And I'm always having to go back to 2.4 gigahertz when I'm setting them up. And it's a bit annoying and I don't know what the difference is. And I, I would like to get some more understanding if you have some. Uh, yeah, so I mean, let's start with and focus on frequencies. Channels are, I think, uh, too detailed. Uh, it is good to know, but I think the frequencies are quite important. So as you mentioned, there are two frequencies, 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz. And now there is an emerging uh, standard that is coming with 6 gigahertz. Now let's think about frequencies, how it, what it means. So if you say 2.4 gigahertz, it means that there are about 2.4 giga uh, cycles in uh, one second okay so it means 2.4 say um, what do you say uh, the, f the frequency is defined by once one up and one down so that's one one frequency that's one uh, length so how many lengths can you fit in one second so that's the frequency so 2.4 giga it means these many lengths of waves can fit in one second nearly so two and a half thousand so that's yes. a, that means the, the, the actual wavelength is wavelength. very Tiny very tiny to be able to fit exactly that but, second, but yeah. because the frequency is 2.4 it has a limited capacity if the frequency is 5 gigahertz it can transfer more data so how can you have more frequency with with the wavelength being the same or is, is, is it does it have a different wavelength you it know, it the, might have a different wavelength. It might have a different wavelength. I'm, I'm not right, sure. Right. But the frequencies okay. are different. So if you have more frequency, you can send more data. Mm -hmm. So at 5 gigahertz, you can send more data. But the problem with high frequencies is the range reduces. So, right. so when you have high frequency, the range drops. But with low frequencies, data transfer drops, but the range increases. Yeah, the very traditional, conventional, you know, give and take, you know, did you, you know, increase this and this uh, other thing. But then again, obviously, you, you can, you know, uh, sort of optimize it with extender and a second router. Yes. Plus, uh, Wi-Fi is a wireless technology, so it can be blocked by, say, brick wall, <clears throat> concrete wall, different floors. So you have to make sure that the signals are uh I mean, it, it reaches all parts of your house. If you have multi-story house, then you might need a mesh system, etc. But let's let's go with the standards first. So the first standard came out in 1999. It was just 2.4 gigahertz, one standard, and the other one was 5 gigahertz, another standard. Okay, it had very limited speed, about 11 megabit per second. And I think the 5 gigahertz had about 54 megabit per second. Okay, so that was the uh, maximum speed that was that could be provided on that particular frequency, and those were like Wi-Fi one and Wi-Fi two. Then the standards got improved. I think it's uh, 2003 we got the 2.4 gigahertz, and at 2.4 gigahertz you were able to do 53 megabit per second. So they improved uh, the So as you mentioned, you were asking right wavelength and how they are trying to get the speeds. So at 2.4 gigahertz they were trying to pack more speed by uh, by doing different kinds of modulation. So you have frequency modulation, you have amplitude modulation, um, and uh, based on that, you can transmit more data. And they might have done something else as well. But uh, at uh, two, uh, 2003, we got the uh, 2.4 gigahertz, but uh, at uh, 54 megabit per second. Now these are 802.1b, 11b was Wi-Fi 1, 
802.11a was Wi-Fi 2 and 802.11g was Wi-Fi 3. So as you progress with these frequencies, but each standard till, till Wi-Fi 3 could be only on one frequency. So Wi-Fi 1 is only on 5 gigahertz, Wi-Fi 2 is 2.4, Wi-Fi 3 is in 2.4. With Wi-Fi, sorry, Wi-Fi 3. With Wi-Fi 4, you then had multiple frequencies supported. So you can, on the standard, you can have both 2.4 and 5 gigahertz. So you can decide which you want to connect. But if you had a Wi-Fi 1 router, it could only transmit at that frequency. But with Wi-Fi 4, the router could transmit at both 2.4 and 5 gigahertz. So if your device supports 2.4, it can talk to the router. If your device supports 5 gigahertz, it can talk to the router. But before Wi-Fi 4, if your device supports 5 gigahertz and your router is 2.4, then you can't talk and vice versa. So that is how the standards got merged. And with Wi-Fi 4, the speeds improved to 600 megabits per second talking from the router now th so, th so there is a difference when people say when you were saying that Wi-Fi speeds are very good it means the point f the data transfer rate from your computer to the wireless uh, to the router is very fast that doesn't mean the internet is fast yes that's exactly what I meant to be honest because that's that's the whole point that all of our lives we've been struggling with the actual internet speed but we have to never have this bottleneck of router to the computer and that's what I was saying, that it's amazing, that even though it's wireless, this has not been a bottleneck. This, you know, even in 2003, as you mentioned, we had 56 Mbps for router speed, but the internet speed was one Mbps was lucky <laughs> where I was. So, uh, so that's what I was meaning, that even though it's wireless, this part of the journey of, of data was, was never a bottleneck or never an issue. And that, that's amazing to me. Even though the rest of the part is coming in wired connection, uh, it was still slower than this wireless bit. I, and I, I, I just wanted to uh, emphasize this point because a lot of people might be confused like, okay, what does that speed mean? So there are two speeds here. One is the speed at which you connect to the device. And mm. the other speed is the speed at which the data is transferred from your device to the router and then to the internet, to the ISP. And that's the yes. transfer speed. And also just to add on this a little bit, this is actually a really good thing to understand. So yeah, um, so this is another thing I actually want to also a little bit highlight a little bit more because this is actually a very good thing to understand. The router has its own data transfer speed wirelessly and it can transfer a lot of data between many devices so you know it's not just your computer which is connected to your router if you are you know if you are with a multi-person uh, family in your house you have various people and the laptops and mobile phones and other devices they're all connecting to your router and it's you know doing data transfer with all of them simultaneously so that data transfer speed is a lot higher than your internet speed. No matter where you're getting your internet ISP provider is in UK, it could be BT, it could be Virgin, fiber optics, whatever. But the router speed is always a lot higher than, than, than your internet speed uh, so far in, in, in our history. Um, and that's actually really beneficial. And I feel like there is a gap here. There is a way to utilize this additional speed that we have and not fully utilize a lot of the times. And 
I think in our earlier episodes, we talked briefly about NAS drives, um, you know, a, a network access storage device where basically it's a hard drive, but rather than being connected directly with your desktop computer, it is connected to your Wi-Fi router. So everyone who is connected to the router, for example, everyone in the household can have access to all of the data that is stored in that hard drive. And that's actually a very good use of the Wi-Fi data transfer speed because um, you know, you you have much quicker data, uh, you know, access uh, while it's also not being stored in your device taking up space. Uh, and another, this is just one existing way, but I feel like this, you know, this router speed can also be utilized further. For example, in mobile apps, right? We do, we try to do data transfer. I mean, even, you know, from mobile to, you know, screencasting, you know, we use Chromecast and various other devices. But these, if you have a smart TV, then your TV is connected to your router, your phone is connected to your router and your computer is. So I feel like there, there should be more applications, desktop application, mobile apps, which enables or uses this Wi-Fi uh, data transfer speed and, you know, enables us with better casting to screen or better data transfer between devices. And I feel like there is a big gap, which um, we should be we should be leveraging. <laughs> Interesting you say that because you are right, uh, there is a gap, but it has, I think it's being addressed. So if you look at the Bluetooth technology, that has a limitation and uh, Bluetooth talks between two devices. So you are not using Bluetooth to talk to the internet. You don't use the Bluetooth technology to talk to the internet. You use Bluetooth technology to transfer data between two devices, laptop to computer, uh, laptop to desktop, laptop to smartphone, smartphone to tablet, etc., etc. So different types of devices, they talk over Bluetooth, but wirelessly. And then you have the NFC technology, which uh, works at a very close uh, distance. So basically you tap your uh, phone or you tap your payment card. If it has a wireless, uh, the, uh, the wireless symbol, or the Wi-Fi symbol that's, uh, if it is there, or the contactless symbol as they call it, then you can tap it on a device and then it'll deduct the payment without actually inserting uh, the card into the device and entering a PIN. So those are very uh, good technologies, but they are limited to data transfer between the uh, devices they are talking to. So NFC is very limited to just uh, contactless uh, payments or any other things and then Bluetooth is uh, restricted to talking between two devices. Now Wi-Fi comes in the picture where Wi-Fi is being transmitted from your router. So now if you want you can transmit data over that Wi-Fi network, wireless network and you can say transfer data from your smartphone to tablet by connecting through Wi-Fi instead of transmitting through Bluetooth. So that way, if you download a very big file, say a movie file, so you've just downloaded a movie um, from say Netflix and uh, you want to transfer it to some, not Netflix, but say from the, inter say, say you downloaded a very big uh, uh, operating system and you want to transfer it from your laptop to something else, somewhere else, your desktop. And you mm. don't want to connect a physical uh, cable. You don't want to transfer it to, um, you don't want to transfer it to this uh, uh, portable hard disk, but you want to transfer it wirelessly. So the technology that can enable it is a wireless local area network. So every device on the, which is connected to the router 
can actually if in effect talk to each other if they are on the same <clears throat> network but it only works with computers and laptops for yes. smartphones it it won't work but for smartphones and tablets to talk to each other via wifi there is some technology called wifi direct right and okay. and that is now slowly coming and android is i think going to enable it and i'll share some links as well with wifi direct you can transmit data using wifi between a smartphone and a tablet instead of using bluetooth yes yes absolutely and this is actually has i mean it's interesting that you say that because I have seen this Wi-Fi direct button in my Android phone many times, but I never actually explored it. It's probably my fault. But this is an actual real life uh, problems that I faced many times. Because sometimes I take a video, which is actually a very long video. And, you know, with nowadays with, with really high resolution cameras, even like, you know, a five minute video is, you know, Huge, more yeah. Than, yeah. So uh, transferring that, uh, yeah, you can do it. You can take it to your computer with a data cable. But if you could do it wirelessly, it would have been so much more convenient. And the and the technology actually already exists. It's just that we haven't enabled or used it <laughs> enough to. It hasn't been popularized enough. But yeah, it's, it already exists. And uh, yeah, we should use it more. Actually, we should leverage this. This definitely. Open. And I think yeah. that's what uh, the uh, the Android and other. Um, I mean, other. What do you say? The device manufacturers are trying to solve. Like, how do you transmit data over Wi-Fi? Because in a sense, it's just carrying data from the router to your phone. Now, why can't it carry the data from your phone to the router to and the router to the tablet? And it's yeah. a very fast network. It's a very that's that's the main part that it's very fast. I mean, even if you copy from you know, even if you have like a USB drive and you put it on your desktop and you copy some data, you get nowadays with the latest I've, I've seen, I think 90 Mbps. But even that is possible in Wi-Fi. Uh, data 90, transfer. yes, it's it's much, much faster. So I was yeah. just about to say that after Wi-Fi 4, so we had Wi-Fi 1, 2, 3, and with Wi-Fi 4, we jumped to 600 megabits. With Wi-Fi 5, that is 2013, uh, 802.11 AC, we jumped to 1.3 gigabits per second. And with Wi-Fi 6, which was introduced in 2019, uh, it's jumped to 10 gigabits per second. Wow. So... And with Wi-Fi 6E, it is coming. It will support not just 2.4 and 5, but 6 gigahertz. Mm. And Wi-Fi 7 will be 6 gigahertz again. Okay, right. so Wi-Fi 7 is coming. 6E is, I think, already here, uh, but it will support. So you can see actually devices which are Wi-Fi 6 or Wi-Fi 6E. 6E is simply different frequency, uh, so it will support 6 gigahertz. Now, now the challenge with Wi-Fi uh, uh, up to Wi-Fi 5 was that if you have too many devices connected to the wireless router on both frequencies, after some time you will see a speed reduction because the bandwidth has to be shared. So that's where the channel comes in, like how many devices can talk to the router at one particular frequencies, right? So after, say, 12 devices, so you have your, let's say, how many wireless devices you have in your uh, house? I have. I'm just one person, but I think I have at least 20. <laughs> at least 20. So let's, let, let's count for me, okay? I have a wireless doorbell, okay? I have mm -hmm. Google Home. I have Google Home Mini. I have a laptop. I have a tablet, I have a smartphone, I have a printer, and uh, what else do I have? 
I have a thermostat that talks to the Wi-Fi. So th these are just my devices. Then my wife has uh, similar devices. Exactly. Is there also streaming data exactly. as well? Exactly. Video data. So exactly. That's, uh... So my TV is connected. Okay. Mm -hmm. So all those are connected. Of course, not everything is connected to it simultaneously. But I, if I go to my router, I can see these are all the devices that are connected and stored. And when it activated and it wants to talk, it can quickly talk because you don't have to do authentication again. Mm -hmm. So imagine, and these are just my devices. Then my wife has some other devices as well. So she has a, her own smartphone, her laptop, her tablet. Those are the things. I have Kindle as well. Kindle also talks to the Wi-Fi. So it downloads some books from the internet. So I have those devices. I have my Garmin smartwatch that talks to the Wi-Fi. It downloads the application updates. If you have a smartwatch that talks. So those get updated. So I have so many devices just in my house. So yeah, about 20 devices that are talking. Now, if those 20 devices are talking simultaneously, that bandwidth has to be shared across all the devices. So now suddenly your 600 Mbps doesn't give you that speed. It just gives you say 10 or 20 Mbps because you have to share it among 20 devices. If they're all enabled simultaneously with Wi-Fi 6, that problem was solved. So you can connect a lot of devices without jamming the frequencies. The reason the standard came into picture was because of Internet of Things. With Internet of Things, because now you have a smart refrigerator, a smart dishwasher, a smart washing machine, a smart kettlebell, smart lights. You have a smart bulb on every room. Exactly. Yeah. So you have a smart bulb. So imagine all those things take bandwidth and they're talking and they're continuously being used. Okay, so now all these devices have to talk to the internet, they have to get updated, they are talking to your smartphone as well. So everything has to work seamlessly. And there are so many devices. And if everything is now getting connected to the internet, then you definitely need bandwidth to accommodate uh, so many devices by but still maintaining that speed. And that's why really? Wi-Fi 6 came into picture, because it could support so many devices. But uh, without getting crowded and without uh, limiting your bandwidth. But in order for you to use Wi-Fi 6, you had to have the device which could connect to Wi-Fi 6 standard and you had the router uh, to be able to transmit frequencies, not frequencies, sorry, uh, to be able to transmit based on that particular standard. So you have to see if your router supports 802.11ax, X for X-ray, alpha X-ray. If your router supports that technology, my router doesn't, so I have to upgrade my router. If my router supports that technology and my phone, my phone does support because my phone is very recent. I bought it last year, so 2020. Wi-Fi 6 came in 2019. Uh, sorry, I bought my device in 2021. So it's two years after the standard was released. So it's now in smartphones. And now we are seeing uh, other standards rolling out, Wi-Fi 6E and uh, soon Wi-Fi 7. So all these all these technologies so wi-fi 4 then 5 then 6 now 6e and then wi-fi 7 so these are all the different technologies that are coming in and you need to be you so the reason we are having this podcast is because there are so many standards it gets confusing and sometimes you wonder why am i not getting that speed i've just bought the latest device but does that latest device support the latest standard if it doesn't then it won't support the speed and you will still get that problem of low bandwidth and if you have too many devices you will struggle with the speeds so it's important to understand these uh, different standards 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, to to have one thing, you know, ready to use in your computer or your phone. There's so many things in the background that's happening. This is always intriguing to me in in you know, anything to do with technology and uh, sort of IT. There is there is so many little things that actually makes up the whole solution, and it's it's very interesting to know about all of these things because then you know the power of collaboration of bringing everything together and and also can identify you can troubleshoot a lot better uh to if you understand what small parts made up this this journey of data for example if your internet is not working you know this this used to be a well i mean it's still quite common in in in, in various times uh if your internet is not working you would call the customer service right and then they start with the very, very last endpoint your computer for example you restart your computer and then you take unplug and replug the the ethernet cable in your computer if you're connected that way or turn on and off your wifi adapter and then you turn on and off your router and then you turn and uh, you know re- unplug or replug the the connection to the router from outside right so if you know all of these uh, these these small parts that are making up this uh, then you know then you don't even have to call and be on the line for yeah. 25 minutes to yeah. get the help because you know all of these things that i just mentioned within that there was another part which you could have done um is that if you you could have logged into the router and then you could have changed the channel your desktop is using rather than that now if you now that you know about it that's another step you'll probably include when you're troubleshooting but you know and that might solve the problem so uh yeah it's it's intriguing how many small parts there are and uh it would help you to know if you're troubleshooting or doing anything uh it's just also very interesting to just know about it i think i think absolutely because uh, the, i mean that that's why uh, we are hosting this podcast because we use technology on a daily basis and we are very passionate about it and we want to share what we know so that people who don't know these things they can actually uh, we can actually simplify it for them and that's the aim of this podcast um, we try to talk about most uh, used technologies sometimes from our industry sometimes which are used by everyone and wi-fi is such a technology but i've not finished here i've just reached wi-fi 7 but there are some two more different technologies we talked about wi-fi direct but there is a sub 1 gigahertz wi-fi standard which is 802.11ah alpha hotel and that is basically for long range because it's sub 1 gigahertz it has a very long range and how that helps is suppose you have something a smart device in your garden and that hosts to talk to your router inside the house now it's need it needs range it doesn't need the speed because it's it just transmitting it just connects on and off just like a light bulb so you need a long range so you need that particular frequency and then now with ar and vr which are transmitting video and each video frame is about say 30 fps so 30 frames per second each frame is say 5 mb or 10 mb so imagine the kind of bandwidth that you need and wifi will not be able to support that bigger bandwidth because remember wifi 6 is top topping at 10 gigabits per second your internet lan cable can support up to 100 gigabits per second between the device and your router so suppose you have a cable 
that connects from your router to your device and you both have the Ethernet LAN port at 100 gigabits per second, you can actually transmit data at 100 gigabits per second. So that's very fast. Now, 10 gigabits per second, it sounds quite a lot, but when you are using AR and VR over the internet, you want those uh, frames to be really good and really fast and it has to be able to communicate with the router very quickly. So 10 gigabits per second would be very slow. So there are standards which is AD and AY, Alpha Delta and Alpha Yankee. So Alpha Delta 60 gigahertz, Alpha Yankee 60 gigahertz, but more range. So uh, so with that, what happens is that you can now use a AR or a VR like a headset with the router at a very good speed uh, when it comes to uh, rendering the video on your headset. Right, but you have to be close by from the router because exactly. of the high gigahertz. Very high gigahertz, so you have to be really close. But the range is actually, uh, uh, while the range is, you know, sort of, uh, you know, you're giving up range to get a really high speed. So yeah, that's uh, that's the usual conventional so, give but, and take. But, but uh, uh, with 802.11.alpha uh, Yankee, uh, what has happened is that uh, the range is they are trying to increase. So you, mm -hmm. you don't have to be near the router, you can be a bit further away. And I'm pretty sure that uh, with a few, a better standards, uh, the they would be able to overcome that. Because bear in mind, mm -hmm. today we are using, I have two monitors, My I have a laptop that's connected to two different monitors. So basically I have three different screens. Uh, and these three screens uh, uh, give me a lot of space. But imagine tomorrow I don't need these things. I have my uh, headset and my headset mm -hmm. has infinite display. I can go up or down anywhere and uh, mm -hmm. based on how close or f uh, far away they are, I can have a cinematic effect or I can have a distance, uh, I can have like the size of a monitor. And now in my VR monitor, I can have a virtual monitor, not a virtual monitor, but my desktop space. I can code on my VR mm -hmm. headset. I can watch a movie in my VR headset. I can uh, browse the internet on my VR headset and that are already apps for it. Uh, I think we have talked about it in our episode on VR where we said that now you can, you don't need these monitors. You just need a VR headset. And with that, you get rid of all the monitors. You can do gaming. You can do your office work. You can browse the internet. You can watch a movie all with a very good quality uh, video. Um, and all you need is a high bandwidth so it can uh, talk to the router very quickly so you don't get a lag, you don't get distortion, you don't get disconnected. So yeah, the technology is uh, improving and wireless is the future in terms of data transfer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now let's uh, quickly focus on, on the other part of it. So the you know all of these devices that connects to your router and then that is the main gateway of all data to and from your home. So one of the things, not not directly related to router, but I've, I've seen a talk uh, on the internet that uh, someone actually like tried to monitor all the data that's going and coming through the router. And then they found, you know, some would say horrifying <laughs> discoveries of Alexa or other home devices sending data all the time, uh, even when it's not in use. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's something um, to think about. And what I would encourage our audience to do is, you know, try and, try and see what you find out by logging into your router. 
and uh, you know attaching various uh, you know software or hardware devices to to monitor the data or data traffic that goes in and out of your router and you know you can also potentially uh, look at uh, one of our previous episode uh, postman i think that would help you to understand how to connect to router but you know just just as a uh, the basic not, not postman it was burp suite ah yes burp suite proxy yes the the so that's another sort of freely available uh, software that you can install and then monitor all the activities of of router and any other devices as well that's a very powerful software for free so that's another probably another topic for for uh, future but uh, yeah i mean what i want to sort of um, say now is uh, do monitor it and you might find it very interesting you know you might have interesting discoveries about how many devices are being connected you might have not even you know thought of or might forgot about various devices but they are actually connecting and talking to the internet in various ways and it's interesting to sort of see even if there is nothing suspicious going on uh, in terms of data transfer but you still you still want to find out and the quickest easiest way is just to go on your uh, desktop uh, or laptop and uh, go on the internet browser and then just type 192.168.0.1 that's usually the standard for the ip address within the lan network for the first device of the network which is the router itself uh, it could be 0.1 or it could be 0.0 uh, depending on your provider but uh, yeah it would be it would be interesting to sort of i'm i'm sure you you guys would be intrigued if you log in and see all the settings that you can do you can i mean did you know you could also log in to your router remotely so when you're away from home and you want to know whether your internet is working or whether you're see, you know say for example you want to see your cctv uh, while you're away but your cctv is not actually you, you, for example for some reason it's not you know you can't connect to it now you can log into your router and see whether the cctv is actually connected to your router uh, if the internet is there and then you could you know see what the problem is remotely and be you know be relaxed or or not <laughs> but hopefully be relaxed that everything is actually as it should be it's just a minor connection issue or whatever so um it it definitely would be interesting for anyone to log into a router and see all the things that are available to you and you know just to google whenever whichever term you don't understand none of those things in router are too advanced uh for for you know uh, technology like dhcp is i mean we're not going to go into detail we can but... talk about it in uh, another topic because i think it's very interesting that you mentioned and i think it's very relevant because a lot of mm -hmm. times people don't understand this technology is that the when you search for what's your ip address what is your internet address that address is actually for the router not for your device Ah, yes, because all yes, the devices absolutely. will have that address uh, 192.168.11 because they are on the same network so they'll have different numbers so your smartphone will have maybe 192.168.1.2 your laptop might have 1.3 your desktop might have 1.4 tablet 1.5 etc but they are all on the same network but when you type in uh, your ip check your ip on your browser it will give you the ip address but that ip address is always of your router and that mm -hmm. is what renath is saying that if you try to connect to that ip from outside your house then you can 
using the uh, the uh, the username and password you can connect sometimes a lot of people they forget to change the default username and password and what that means is that now someone else who knows the IP can talk to your router and they can put something in place in between so that any data that's transmitting between you and the ISP through your router they can track it so yeah but that's another topic <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, uh, we can cover it another day. But for now, I would encourage you guys to always change your router password from the default one because it's also easy to guess. I mean, you, you can even just search, uh, you know, for example, yeah. TP-Link router default password, and then you'll find out even it's available in, in Google first page, admin, and the password might be one, two, three, something very simple. But please do change them because uh, it is a, quite a, quite a, quite a, um, serious security vulnerability. The implications are quite serious. The law can be accessed through that. And I think uh, when we talked about uh, the router password, we should also emphasize that Wi-Fi itself is authenticated using passwords, right? Uh, some pass, some Wi-Fi are open network, some Wi-Fi are closed network. And what that means is some Wi-Fi anyone can connect. There is no password. And some Wi-Fi are closed. It means you need a password or some kind of authentication to connect. But if it is an open network, it's fine because someone wants you to connect to the internet without um, any uh, authentication or without their permission. But if if you want to connect to someone, say your neighbor's router, and uh, you don't know their password. So previously, there were some technologies where you could uh, try to hack the password the, because it was sending unencrypted. So it was actually trying to authenticate on an un unencrypted way. But now with WPA2, which is the most recommended way to store your passwords. Uh, maybe we can talk about that as well in a separate topic <laughs> that uh, it's better to store your, uh, to create your passwords with that technology uh, when you're creating the password for your router so that all devices connect to the router in a very secured encrypted way and no one else outside your house, if they are not aware of your password, they should not. So no one should be able to hack your router to use your internet because see when you buy an internet plan sometimes you buy based on how much data you will transfer just like your mobile plan so if i if i want to transfer say 200 gigabytes per month i'll buy a plan accordingly but if i buy an unlimited plan then it's fine anyone if they use it's fine but they are using my data but they're using bandwidth as well they're so using bandwidth yes uh, and they can use my internet remember they're using my internet so they're getting my ip address <laughs> mm -hmm. And if they're doing anything suspicious or illegal, then you would be the first one to be hassled exactly. by the police. Exactly. So absolutely, there are many reasons to be secure in this way. And, you know, some of the earlier technology, and not very long ago, just, you know, five, six years ago, you could just literally Google or go to YouTube and see how to uh, get someone's Wi-Fi password. And yeah. you know, many videos that says that hack someone's Wi-Fi network in two minutes. And it was possible. But now with, with uh, but that's what I'm saying. Like if you are in earlier technology, the recommendation is to get onto the new technology, but if you can't do it straight away, then at least be mindful and careful and uh, do the things you can do through the settings. Uh, Absolutely. And I think uh, you uh, were uh, mentioning about, so, uh, you were mentioning about checking the IP address. So there is a very simple command that you can use on Windows. And that is you open the command prompt or you open the terminal, you can Google how to open the command prompt. Uh, once you open the command prompt, just type IP config, IP for uh, internet yes. protocol and config. 
as a one single word, no capitals, all small IP config. And that will give you the internet uh, address of your device and it will have a default gateway, which is the router. So that mm -hmm. would mean that, okay, your device has this IP address and the router has a different address. The default gateway will take, uh, will connect any device connected to that router uh, to the internet. So that's something uh, useful to know. Yes, absolutely. The default gateway IP address is the router's IP address. So if you go to your browser from the, with that information and just type the default gateway uh, IP address, then you will be able to log in to, to the router. Another thing a little bit more techy is if you want to telnet into your router, then the port to use is 23. And then you can go directly connect to the firmware of, of the router. If your uh, provider had blocked your router, <laughs> To, to connect or log in directly without admin uh, privilege, but you own the router, you paid for it in, in, at, in your home, hopefully. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're doing whatever in, in your home with the devices you own. So then, you know, you should have all the right to get into it. And uh, that's the second way of, of getting into a router. There are still uh, some other things that we need to be, um, I think, aware of that uh, because the router is normally located at one corner of the house behind a TV, behind a plant, behind a bookshelf or something, uh, it would reduce the speed. So always, so if you work in a very corporate environment, say in an office like a bank or a like a retail shop or something, normally the routers are located on the roof because roof the signals are being transmitted downwards. But if your router is on the floor, then it has to go firstly up and it goes front, but it doesn't go very far because most of the signal that needs to go down, it gets blocked by the floor. So the ideal location for the router is at a high position. The best position would be the roof, but if you can't install it on your roof, then it should be on a table, clear clear from plants, clear, clear, uh, um, it should be f further away from say any metals because that would help in uh, that would uh, create interference it can maybe cause reflection so you need to make sure that your device is located very suitably so that helps with better data transfer and you you will not have wi-fi uh, gaps so there are some places in highs where you will not receive any signal at all so there are wi-fi gaps and there are softwares you can use to like uh, see which parts of your house has better signal which parts don't and <clears throat> that's where the mesh routers come in so mesh router is nothing but a router connected to another router and uh, so your router is connected to the main router sorry the mesh router is connected to the main router and they are talking to each other and then you are connected to either of the routers you can be either connected to this router or that router but they both take you to the default router provided by the isp right i mean while while that is good advice and that's that's good for the audience you know i don't actually personally agree with that because that's not really aesthetically pleasing to have the router in the middle of the living room right uh, so not not in the middle of the uh, living room but uh, so that's why most of the routers now come with the aesthetics in mind yeah. <laughs> so if, if you look at the Google Home, the Nest router, mm -hmm. it looks like a very sleek, uh, it has a very sleek look. Like a vase or yeah, something. Yeah, it's, like, it's, like it's like a pod, white mm. color. So it, it doesn't, 
it's not a very dark Lens. black color red or purple it's not that uh -huh. uh, color it's a simple white color it looks very simple it looks very small it blends in with it the in with the, it like a small plant so yes mm. you are absolutely right a lot of people worry about aesthetics because they have yeah. like a and i actually put my router inside the storage while knowing that that might not be the best place <laughs> But it's actually physically the center of of my apartment. Fair enough. So center is good enough, but I'm uh, you know, but it's still in a very small storage with the wall surrounded. But I'm I'm giving up that because there is a lot of router speed, as we talked about the whole episode. That the speed is not a bottleneck. So I would rather give up some speed and have the aesthetics and not the wires and the router itself. Well, the... well, again, I have to disagree here with you because you are on you are in a flat. And ah, it's one, one single floor. floor. If you're in a multi-story house, then that becomes a problem because then mm. the floor above or below will not receive the signal because it's getting blocked by the walls around. So you have mm. to think. Yes, maybe for <laughs> your situation. So basically, it's subjective, right? It ah, depends yeah. on from your situation to situation. But uh, aesthetics, yes, it is a very important point. But um, I, I think you need to understand that if you want the best signal. Even so, what Rinath said, right? You connect, you disconnect the cable, you restart this, you restart that, and one of the things you can do is change the location of your router and see if that helps with the speed. See, it helps with the connection because you will have a, a signal strength a symbol um, on any device based on how close, how good signal you have with the router. And if you don't have enough bars, that means the signal is dropping, uh, so you're not getting the right speeds, and that is what is important. So, so yeah, th those are the things that you need to be careful about uh, uh, in terms of location. And the final thing I would say is, uh, which Renath mentioned about the uh, devices that are transmitting without your knowledge, like your Google Home devices, your Alexa devices, your wireless uh, bulbs, your wireless, everything is talking, right? And they have to update. So, and they normally send some diagnostics data as well. And you don't know what kind of other data they are uh, sending. Like Alexa might be listening to you all the time. Google Home might be listening to you all the time and that gets transmitted uh, without your knowledge. So it's always good to know what gets transmitted. So there are certain IP addresses that can be blocked. Even Windows. I mean, we think that Windows, if you're not connected to the internet, sorry, if you're not using a browser, then it's not talking to the internet. But that's not the case. If you're connected to the Wi-Fi, Windows also sends some kind of diagnostics data. Windows also checks if there is an update available. So even your smartphone, it will check if there is an update available. And that is being sent without your knowledge. Of course, there is now a consent mechanism in place that you have to agree. There is no optional uh, to disagree. So when you agree to the terms and conditions, these are some of the things that you have to agree. There is no not an option where you can't agree. But this is just so that it gives you more convenience. So you don't forget to download an important update that can help your device much more secure. Yeah, these are important things that uh, hopefully the audience should be, would be now more aware of now that you guys have gone through this talk with us. And hopefully, um, you know, we keep increasing your awareness and knowledge on the various tech topics that we cover. Please do again reach out with, uh, to us with any, any topic that you would like us to cover in detail. And uh, yeah, any suggestions, feedback, very much welcome. Our contact details are uh, available you know, at the bottom of every platform, wherever you're hearing us. 
So, yes, hopefully we'll see you guys again next week. We have very much enjoyed this talk and hopefully you did too. And uh, looking forward to the next episode. Yeah, I think it was a good talk, Rina. Thank you so much again for the wonderful yeah. conversation. So, thank you, everyone. Bye. Yeah.